Hello and welcome to the Golden Wheel Tavern. How are you doing today? How's the family? I just received a letter from one of my relatives today. They were saying that their farm is being taken from them because of the taxes from the new lord and that I need to send them 1,000 gold pieces to save their land. I've never actually heard of this second cousin thrice removed, but family is family, right? Or do you think I'm being duped? I've heard of these sorts of letters before, and they're actually sent by some goblins. That would explain the fact that it's written in goblin. I may need to rethink my approach to this. You know what I'll do? I'll send a letter back, asking for some information regarding how we are related. If this relative is really part of the family tree, he should be more aware of some of the more exotic members of our family tree. I know that when I found out about my great-great-uncle that's a beholder, or my distant half-dragon and half-orc cousins, I made sure to start taking notes of just what fruits are growing on this bramble bush of a family tree. Speaking of family trees though, we'll be discussing the class whose family tree may very well contain some interesting figures. The Sorcerer. A sorcerer is the most innately magical class. Unlike a bard who trains and hones their skills and songs to harness magic, or the cleric and druid who pull their magic from things greater than themselves, a sorcerer relies on no one for their magic. They are even more inherently magical than the wizard, who learns their spells through studies. A sorcerer does not gain their magics. A sorcerer is quite simply given these powers. Typically, a sorcerer comes from a lineage, a family tree, a line of descendants, that interacted with something greater than themselves at some point. A family line exposed to the chaos of the outer planes, like the chaotic plane of Limbo, might very well produce a sorcerer the next generation, and then once a generation from then on. Another family line might have magic suffused into their blood from a god of magic. Or, in classic myth fashion, a mortal has a child with a god or dragon or an elemental or demon or fae. Of course, a sorcerer doesn't always have to be the product of an entire lineage suffused with magic. A sorcerer can easily be the first in their line to develop magic. A baby that was captured by fae or exposed to the astral plane can easily develop magic later in life. When a sorcerer develops their magic, it is usually unannounced. It can often come as a surprise to a young child in a time of intense emotion to suddenly pull forth magic from deep within, shaping the weave of reality on their whim. A child born to a line of sorcerers will typically have some idea of what to expect, but it can still be surprising how and when it manifests. When it comes to the sorcerer's motivation for adventure, while a sorcerer rarely takes up a quiet life, their motivation can be extremely varied. Since a sorcerer has magic in their veins, a chaotic type of magic, it doesn't stay quiet and will likely manifest itself without the will of the sorcerer if the sorcerer tries to deny their lineage or their blood. This can lead a sorcerer 
to a few different routes regarding why they should adventure. Whether it is a quest to better understand their abilities, or to find out where exactly their power comes from, some sorcerers may find their magic to be a curse, keeping them from the quiet life they yearn for, and search for a way to free them from their magical abilities. Or they aim to embrace the curse, and are searching for a way to unlock the full power of the magic they have been granted. Whatever the case is in regards to the sorcerer's motivation for adventuring, the sorcerer is a useful caster with a wide array of spells and an incredible amount of control over some aspects of their magic due to its nature of being part of the sorcerer rather than a learned skill or awarded ability. Since we understand what a sorcerer is and their wide array of possible motivations in regards to adventuring, now we can discuss their abilities. A sorcerer is one of two classes that gets the smallest hit die among any of the classes, a d6. This lack of hit points shows that the sorcerer is typically not viable as a frontline character. They are to be a spacer and a striker, Pulling a glass cannon roll, a character that outputs high damage but is quite fragile, rather than trying to pull a tank or skirmisher roll. Now, certain sorcerers or multi-class combinations can change that role, but we'll discuss that later. In regards to armor, the sorcerer has the same armor proficiencies as the monk. None. Unlike the monk, though, the sorcerer does not get a class ability to readily provide them with a higher AC without using up resources, reinforcing their role as a spacer and a glass cannon. When it comes to weapons, the sorcerer is tied with the other major spellcaster, the wizard, for having the fewest number of weapon proficiencies from their class. They get proficiency with daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and light crossbows. These are all simple weapons, but not all of the simple weapons available to other classes. They have these proficiencies as more of a backup than as actual tools to be used by the sorcerer in combat. Typically, a sorcerer will only break out their sling or crossbow, if they have one, when the enemy they are focusing on can seemingly negate any and all of the magic the sorcerer relies upon to defeat their enemies. In these moments, a sorcerer more relies on their allies than their weapon proficiencies as well. In regards to saving throws, a sorcerer gets proficiency in constitution and charisma saving throws. As charisma is the main ability a sorcerer typically relies on, as it is representative of a character's presence, their power of personality, and as it is a sorcerer's presence that gives them their powers, it would make sense that the sorcerer would gain proficiency in charisma saving throws. When it comes to the constitution saving throws, they are less explainable, but constitution is a very useful stat for any class, and since a sorcerer is a glass cannon style class, it can be extremely useful for them. And so it makes 
some sense that they might get proficiency in it. A sorcerer does not actually get many class abilities due to their focus on being an iconic caster. One class ability they do get, of course, is spell casting at level 1. The sorcerer is a full caster class and of the spell's known type, which means they choose their spells as they level up and they have that list to always cast from, only able to switch what spells they have available to cast when they level up, changing just one spell for another spell of a level that they have a slot to cast it at. Their spell casting ability is Charisma, so if their Charisma is higher, they are more likely to hit with a spell attack or the effect of their spells are harder to avoid. While they start with the least number of spells available to them, only having 2 spells known at level 1, which grows to a maximum of 15 spells known by level 17, meaning they have less spell selection than the prepared classes or the bard, they make up for it by starting with the most cantrips out of any class, starting with 4 and having 6 by level 10. The most out of any class without taking any actions to specifically get more cantrips, such as a bard using their magical secrets on cantrips, or taking certain feats. In regards to their focus, a sorcerer uses an arcane focus, which is a specially crafted crystal, orb, rod, staff, or wand, designed to focus and channel arcane energies. These are significantly more expensive, than a normal staff, but must be had to be able to cast spells while not needing the material components that don't have gold costs. A sorcerer at first level also taps into the source of their power, which is what truly differentiates one sorcerer from another. A sorcerer gets their subclass, their sorceress origin, at level 1. At this time, a sorcerer is tied with druid for the least amount of subclasses at 5. Their origins are the draconic bloodline, the wild magic origin, the divine soul origin, the shadow magic origin, and the storm sorcery origin. The draconic bloodline is pretty self-explanatory, being a bloodline that was enhanced with dragon blood at some point, whether as a blessing from a dragon or from an incident between a dragon and a bard in the sorcerer's family. This is a slightly less fragile sorcerer than the other origins, as they get an additional hit point at each level, putting them on average for their health at each level on par with D8 classes. That combined with certain feats or races can make a draconic sorcerer a bit of a tank, or at least a health sponge alongside another ability they get, where they can calculate their armor class as 13 plus their dexterity rather than 10 plus their dexterity. They also gain the ability to fly at higher levels and can show their draconic nature through a few features. The Wild Magic Sorcerer is a very interesting subclass. Their magic is connected to the magic of creation. Their lineage could have been infused with energy from the plane of pure chaos, Limbo, or they could be the relative of the Fae. Their magic could even just be a fluke, a knot in the arcane weave located inside a being, 
Essentially, wild magic is a catch-all for sorcerers of more varied origins. In regard to their abilities, they focus on the manipulation of fate, having abilities to affect dice rolls and gain advantage, but there's one main ability of them, and that is their wild magic table. When certain requirements are met, a sorcerer rolls on their wild magic table, and the effect they roll for out of 50 different effects occur, varying from gaining resistance to all damage for a minute, to being turned into a potted plant for a turn. This table is what makes a wild magic sorcerer what they are. The divine soul sorcerer has received their power from some sort of divine origin, whether this is from an angel who took mortal form to fight for a god, or they were born at the sign of a grand divine prophecy and have been chosen as a vessel for divine powers. The Divine Soul Sorcerer can easily pull support, as they gain the ability to learn Cleric spells instead of a Sorcerer spell when they learn a new spell, or change out spells when they level up. Their abilities also consist of healing, and like the Dragon Sorcerer, they get wings at higher levels. The Shadow Magic Sorcerer is linked to the Shadowfell, a dark and mysterious reflection of the world. Whether the link is from an entity from the Shadowfell, or just having been exposed to the Shadowfell, their abilities focus on darkness and shadow, including calling a shadowy beast to their aid, and being able to teleport from shadow to shadow. The Storm Sorcerer is connected to the power of elemental air. The connection a sorcerer has can be from a great storm that was raging as they were born, or from a grand weather event in the past. They could also have connections to powerful elementals of air, such as certain jinns. The fury of the storm permeates the being of a storm sorcery sorcerer. Their powers take the wind, thunder, and lightning, and use these powers to push away enemies, avoid attacks, and even fly. A storm sorcerer can resist or even be immune to lightning and thunder damage, and they can even control weather to a degree. A sorcerer gets most of their abilities from their subclass, but at level 2, a sorcerer gains a connection to a wellspring of magical energy. This pool can be called upon to enhance a sorcerer's magic, but at level 2, they only get 2 points, and they restore after a long rest. A sorcerer cannot have more points than their sorcery levels, so a level 15 sorcerer can only have 15 sorcery points. A sorcerer at level 2 can spend these points to create additional spell slots, with the table explaining the exchange rates of points to slots. A sorcerer can also take a spell slot and convert it into sorcery points, still unable to go past their sorcery point maximum. Either of these conversions are done as a bonus action. At third level, the sorcerer gets the ability that truly makes them a sorcerer, meta magic. This ability allows a sorcerer to shape and change their magic in interesting and powerful ways by spending their sorcery points. They learn two meta magics to use on the spells they cast, and an additional meta magic at levels 10 and 17. They can only use one metamagic on a spell being cast unless the metamagic they use says otherwise. 
In regards to metamagics, there are eight options, those being careful, distant, empowered, extended, heightened, quickened, subtle, and twinned. Careful spell allows a sorcerer to cast a spell that forces a saving throw in an area where their allies are, and shape the spell to protect their allies from the full force of the spell. A sorcerer can spend one sorcery point and choose a number of creatures up to the charisma modifier. All chosen creatures automatically succeed on their saving throws against the spell. Distance spell allows the sorcerer to hit their enemies at a much greater range with their spells. A sorcerer can spend one point to double the range of any spell with a range of 5 feet or more. It also allows the sorcerer to spend one point to give a spell with a range of touch, a range of 30 feet instead. Empowered spell allows the sorcerer to bring more consistent and higher damage from their spells. A sorcerer can spend one point to re-roll a number of damage dice from the damage rolls from the spell equal to their charisma modifier, but they must keep the new rolls. This metamagic can be used with other metamagics as well. Extended spell allows a sorcerer to maintain their spells for a longer duration. When they cast a spell with a duration of one minute or more, they can spend one sorcery point to double the duration of their spells up to 24 hours. Heightened spell makes a sorcerer's spell that use saving throws more consistent. Using this meta magic, a sorcerer can spend three sorcery points to give one target disadvantage on their first saving throw against the spell's effects. Quicken spell allows the sorcerer to mix up the timing of their spells or utilize their action while still casting spells. A sorcerer can spend two sorcery points to change the casting time of a spell with a casting time of one action to one bonus action. Subtle spell meta magic gives the sorcerer a chance to hide their spells, their intentions regarding what they're casting, or allow them to cast a spell while restrained or unable to speak. A sorcerer may spend one point to cast a spell without any verbal or somatic components. Quick note! In order for a spell to be affected by a counterspell, the caster of the counterspell has to be able to see the spell being cast, and this metamagic prevents that for spells without material components. Twin spell allows a sorcerer to hit two targets with a spell that would normally target only one creature. A sorcerer with this metamagic, when casting a spell that targets one creature and doesn't have a range of self, can spend a number of points equal to the spell's level and target an additional creature within the range of the spell to also target with that spell. This essentially allows the sorcerer to double cast certain spells, and since it's the same number of points as the level of the spell, a sorcerer can convert the corresponding level spell slot to points as a bonus action and then twin cast the spell as a full action. So we've covered levels 1, 2, and 3 for sorcerer class abilities. Now we go to their next class ability at level 20. Yes, sorcerers do not get a single class ability besides new metamagics, spell progression, and ability score improvements on any of the levels between 4 and 19. They are the class with the second 
fewest class abilities. Their final ability at level 20 allows them to regain some sorcery points easier. A sorcerer at level 20 gains 4 points back on a short rest. This allows a sorcerer to use their metamagic far more reliably over the course of a day, or if in a pinch, possibly restore a spell slot or two. A sorcerer, as we've covered, is a spacer and a striker. A sorcerer using a twinned cantrip, a sorcerer using a quickened and empowered cantrip, and a twinned and empowered level spell can dish out piles of damage in a turn. In fact, due to the wild magic sorcerer's potential ability to deal max damage on a damaging spell through their wild magic surge, a sorcerer could, in theory, deal thousands of damage with a single 9th level spell. While the sorcerer pulls a spacer and striker role very well, a divine soul sorcerer can easily pull support, since they learn cleric spells. A draconic sorcerer, if played right, can actually pull a light tank role as a hill dwarf draconic sorcerer with the tough feat would be getting an additional 4 hit points every level before any constitution bonus. That puts their average above what a barbarian would get on their d12. When it comes to multiclassing, the sorcerer may be the easiest to multiclass into in regards to a story reason. Literally as simple as, I suddenly have awakened magic within me. In regards to actual combinations, metamagic works with any spell being cast. So, sorcerer goes really well with other caster classes, especially charisma casters like the paladin, bard, and warlock. A shadow sorcerer pairs really well with rogue, and a storm sorcerer is perfect for a tempest cleric, especially since they get both their subclasses at level 1. A Sorcerer is an interesting spellcaster class, with a lot of fun potential, especially in regards to their backstory. Next time, we'll discuss a class that gets their power from a hired being, but not quite as holy as the Cleric. We'll discuss the Warlock. Until then, get to know your family tree. You never know what fruits might be growing in it. I'd like to thank you for listening and I ask you to rate us highly on whatever channel you're using to listen. If you want to follow this on Twitter, check out at the Tavern Keep and tweet about us using hashtag Tavern Keep. If you want to support this project, other than sharing it on social media, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Tavern Keeps Guide. I'm Ryan, and this has been the Tavern Keeps Guide. Thank you, and make sure to tip the barmates.